Welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Sports Step on Daddy Dan. I'm your host, Hook Lou. Speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors lose at home uh, against the Sacramento Kings uh, by a score of 124 to 123. It was a close game down the stretch. The Raptors really only have themselves to blame. Uh, a, a few missed opportunities offensively, uh, even though the Raptors shot 50% from the field overall. Um, you know, it was actually their offense that let them down. Pascal missing a pair of point blank layups within two minutes in a one possession game. And then the Raptors have some pretty good fortune. They go to the intentional fouling game. The Kings miss two free throws, giving the Raptors a chance coming out of the timeout to go for a three. And on the ensuing play, Fred's able to get open with what looked to be a pretty, I don't know, at least watching in real time. I wonder what it looks like on the replay, but watching in real time, it seemed like he pushed off on Darren Fox. Fox fell to the floor, and Fred was wide open all alone on the three-point line. Maybe he didn't realize that he was going to be so open, uh, and, and because of that, he took more of a, a fading three rather than like a wide open feet set kind of three. He might have even had time to take one dribble to gather himself if he really wanted to. But, you know, honestly, at the same time, <laughs> there's no guarantee that even if he was open and he took his time with that three, that he would have made it. Um, the Raptors tonight shot 6 of 21 from three, which is now the second straight game the Raptors have only made six threes. You're not going to win games in the modern NBA only hitting six threes. The Raptors had, I mean, outside of Pascal missing a whole bunch of layups, um, the Raptors had an amazing night in the paint. Uh, the Kings did not look good defensively. The Raptors were able to get what they wanted to. They got to their spots, and they were able to to score in the paint. I mean, Fred, Fred was able to make 11 twos. I don't remember the last time Fred's ever made 11 two-pointers, right? And some of that's mid-range jumpers, but a lot of that's towards the paint, including the last bucket of the game for the Raptors. Fred was able to angle and pivot his way around uh, DeMontis Sabonis. And if you're talking to me that Fred is able to hit layups over the opposing team's center, then you know that that team's defensive um, – game on the interior was not strong so the Raptors actually were able to do whatever they wanted to inside the paint but again if you only make six threes in the modern NBA you just are going to be fighting uphill this is a classic case of trading twos for threes and you know the Raptors might have led early on um, you know I thought their rotations and stuff was good but midway through the second quarter there the Raptors defensively started coming apart the Kings started getting an offensive glass and from that point onwards, the Kings just kind of poured it on. Um, and it was really dispiriting to watch this game, which when you look ahead to the schedule, the Raptors have a lot of really tough games coming up. Um, uh, they're, they're starting a stretch where they're basically playing like 13 playoff opponents in a row. You needed to take this game against Sacramento, just like you needed to take those games against, you know, my, uh, uh, the Magic. But ultimately, the result is that you dropped this game in which you led by double digits early on. And, you know, you look ahead to the schedule and you just think, when are the Raptors going to snap this streak here? Um, the three-point shooting is, is is the number one thing for me. I think defensively is, is probably a, a close number two in terms of the issues with, with, with tonight's game. But let's just start with the three-point shooting. Um, only making six. The Kings made 17. Now, the Kings actually do have pretty decent shooting. So I'm not surprised that they made 17. Um, you know, they didn't have Kevin Herter in this game. He's arguably their best three-point shooter. Uh, and yet, you know, they were able to bring in Terrence Davis, who was a former Raptor at one point. And, you know, when you were looking at in the fourth quarter there, Terrence Davis hit a three, which had actually put TD's total at five. 
being greater than the entire three-point total for the Raptors. At one point, Terrence Davis by himself had more threes made than the Toronto Raptors. And if that's not the wildest stat about the Raptors' three-point shooting, here's one courtesy of friend of the program, Oren Weisfield. All right, you're gonna. This is gonna blow your mind when you hear this. The Toronto Raptors in the last two games have not had a single three off the bench. Two games, not one three off the bench. Right? How is that even possible in the modern NBA? When everything is about three-point shooting. The Kings are even a good team now because they shoot threes. Right? And nobody would associate the Kings with like being ahead of the times or anything like that. They missed their best three-point shooter. They still outshoot you 17 to 6 on three-point range. That's an additional 33 points that you got to make up elsewhere. And the Raptors, look, again, they were able to be, um, you know, pretty good in the in, in the mid-range, pretty good at round the basket. They got to the free throw line. They were they were pretty good at knocking those uh, chances down. 85% is better than average for the Raptors. And honestly, the Raptors didn't even turn the ball over. Like, they played the entire first half without a turnover, like, and they were just generating shots. They felt like they could go to the rim whenever they wanted to, and they were doing a decent job of that. But when you don't make shots, this is what it looks like. It's a you're really fighting uphill. It's it's not even so much you're you're fighting the opponent. You're fighting math. You can't be this bad at three point shooting and try to even be competitive in the modern NBA. You're losing by 33 points at the three point line just to the Kings without their best shooter. And then on top of that, defensively, I mean, you know, the biggest thing for me defensively was that. In the start of the fourth quarter, Nick Nurse decided to go to Ken Birch out of nowhere. Okay. Uh, I thought Christian Coloco actually played decently tonight, 13 minutes, you know, got a block, was uh, was getting pushed around a little bit, you know, as you do see him occasionally from time to time, but thought he actually did well in his matchup. Instead, Nick goes to Ken Birch, who, I mean, again, no offense, but what are you really expecting when you turn to that matchup, right? And maybe it's like, okay, get some physicality out there. Uh, and, and, and push around Sabonis, who had 20 rebounds. But seven minutes, all in the fourth quarter, Ken Burch is a minus eight for two points, one of three shooting. Gets beat a, a few times uh, on both ends, and you know that just cannot be your defensive solution. That is nobody's idea of a defensive anchor. Uh, and you know when you look at it overall, the Raptors just weren't able to sort themselves out. I thought defensively, like I said, they actually started the game well. Their rotations are strong. They were picking up their assignments. They were looking good. Okay, the the, the Kings are a tough offensive uh, team. They got Sabonis, you know, at the middle of the floor. There kind of brings the paint out of the, uh, it brings the big out of the paint. Guys are able to cut. Guys are able to drive. A lot of driving lanes there. The Raptors started Thad Young at center. So obviously no shot blocking in the middle, which is one of the problems when you start Thad in the center position. Uh, but still, the Raptors were able to rotate well. They were able to use their size and, uh, and length and advantage. And it's one of those games where you look at it. Okay, this isn't like Orlando where. They have size up and down the roster. Kings have tons of guards in their rotation tonight. You know, De'Aaron Fox, Terrence Davis. You know, they're playing Davion Mitchell, Malik Monk. That's four guards that they gave between 12 and 41 minutes to, right? So there's lots of size advantages that the Raptors could have gone to. Even their wings aren't the most physical, right? We're talking about Keegan Murray. We're talking about Harrison Barnes. These guys are, you know, not exactly defensive stoppers, especially for, for Keegan Murray, who's a rookie. So guys are able to drive past and score, or they bring back Trey Lyles. Like, you know, again, not a defensive stopper. So the Raptors should have advantages elsewhere, and they were able to use those getting to the paint. But ultimately, when you look at this game, the Raptors just weren't able to contain the dribble penetration at times. A lot of it was swinging out open for three. And look, the Kings didn't even shoot like an absurd percentage for those 17 threes. They just took 46 of those. 
that's how you got to play in the modern NBA, you know, and, and and obviously that depends on your personnel. But why did the Raptors not build their personnel more around three point shooting or, you know, like they have really three above average three point shooters on the entire roster. Right. In, in terms of when we're talking about high volume and also a decent percentage. Right. It's Fred Van Vliet. It's Gary Chan Jr. OJ Anobi. We saw this as a problem last season when the Raptors had an injury to any of those guys, and all three of those guys suffered injuries. It was very clear that the Raptors just couldn't get enough three-point shooting. They would have a lot of single-digit three-point nights. And then what did the Raptors do in the offseason? Well, they signed Otto Porter Jr., which helps. But Otto is a guy who makes, like, maybe one three a game, right? Um, You know, he's not a guy who's built to play tons of minutes. He's not a guy who, you know, has even been available for that much of his career in the last, like, you know, three or four years here certainly hasn't been available much this season he was making 0.83s per game for you so it's not like that would have changed their life so realistically you still had this issue where you only had three three-point shooters if any of them go down like og and Anobi has gone down you now suddenly have a math problem on your hands you just cannot compete playing like this you really can't and the raptors aced everything that's the part that was really disappointing is the raptors aced everything else they didn't turn the ball over for an entire half Right, they got to the paint at will. Scotty was playing great. Pascal, you know, was getting to the paint and was missing, but even some of those were turned into putbacks. Fred was, you know, as one of best Fred's best ever games in the mid range, right? So, um, you know, he was able to sort of impact the paint, but you just can't win without threes. And then defensively, you know, the Raptors had a hard time containing the three point line. Terrence Davis got going early on. He was the, the Kings' main source of offense in the first quarter where Sacramento wasn't really getting a lot of great shots. But once they started getting into rhythm, Fox obviously is very quick, is able to get downhill. Sabonis is able to command a double team. I didn't think the Raptors needed to double Sabonis as much as they, they did tonight because not only does Sabonis have 21 points on 10 of 13 shooting, which is hyper efficient, but he also dished out seven assists because the Raptors were kind of pinching in, digging in, and it was just one pass away for a really, really good passing big man to hit the three-point shooters, right? And even when they come off the bench, they got Malik Monk, who, you know, microwave score, comes in for 24 points, finishes out the game for the Kings, and, and makes a whole bunch of plays. Gets to the free throw line eight times as well. Like, the Raptors are just kind of constantly put into rotation. You know, it, it's a it, it's a nasty combination right now. Like, it, it's, it's hard to really point to what exactly the Raptors need to fix because they have multiple problems. It's a different problem every single night. There's some things that are consistent, like the three-point shooting, which really, that's only fixed if the, if the front office fixes it. That's not something that Nick or even the coaching staff can really do more of. Maybe they can shoot more threes because the Raptors only took 21, which is like a total you'd see in, you know, 2010, not 2022, uh, with the calendar turned to 2023 in about a few weeks. Um, but yeah, like, the three-point shooting is, is an issue that the front office needs to fix for you. But the, the the defensive issue, that's where you're just disappointed in this team, right? Like, this is a team built on defense. And yet, it seems like they're fairly exploitable, right? It, it's really easy to, to trigger a double team and then spring it back out, force Raptors in the rotations. And the Raptors are pretty jumpy when they do rotate, right? There's plays tonight where Fox was just able to give a little shoulder fake and two guys would jump past them. Then he would step into the three-point arc and just find the easy pass. Simple basketball. The Raptors almost make life harder for themselves defensively. But then again, if you want to play it more straight up and play one more one-on-one, the one-on-one defense for the Raptors is also not very solid, right? For a team that is purportedly built on defense and all these guys you can switch interchangeably, guard multiple positions, I'm wondering if they can actually do that because they give up a lot of blow-bys. They give up a lot of line drives. You know, that second quarter, when you think back on it, it was it was a nasty stretch because of the fact that the Raptors just couldn't able, weren't able to go into halftime with anything more than a three-point lead despite them playing 
pretty much flawlessly offensively outside of uh, outside of not ever hitting threes. You know, their defense was letting them down. You know, Darren Fox straight line drive past Gary Trent Jr. for an and one. Right, Keegan Murray straight line drive past Dad Young along the baseline for a dunk. Then the Raptors uh, foul in the lane. The Kings make the first free throw, miss the second free throw. Terrence Davis flies in from the three point line. Gets the rebound and gets a putback before any Raptor reacts to him. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Terrence Davis is not a a, a, a Scotty Pippen type, a Michael Jordan type, who should be able to come in from the free throw line or, or from the three point line off a missed free throw and put it back in. Somebody within that whole process needed to step in there and be more alert. But no, he gets in uh, a putback that way. Then you know Harrison Barnes drives right past Scotty Barnes for a dunk. No rotation. Right. Okay. Fine. Scotty gets beat on the perimeter. What happened to rotating at the basket? All these plays, no rotations at the rim. And you just think about it, and you're just like, again, this is supposed to be a defensive roster, and we're talking about a stretch there in six minutes where the Kings were able to get four point blank makes, three of them being dunks. Right. So like, you just have to be so much better on that front. And then once you give the team like that some rhythm, they have actual offensive talent. Like no disrespect to the Raptors, but Raptors got to really do a lot to generate advantages and then to eventually score. And of course, you look at a game like tonight, the Raptors are actually quite efficient, but Pascal was their main advantage generator. Uh, and, and he missed a whole bunch of layups. Like he really had so many chances around the basket to, to knock it in and he just couldn't do it, which is uncharacteristic for him. But listen, he's going to have off nights, right? Off nights are, are, are part of the game. But can the rest of the team sort of make up for it? And that's where you need your defense to come in. And, you know, Sacramento is just able to, to get free. They have bench shooting. You know, every single roster that comes in right now, when you look at the way they're building them, it makes, you know, more sense than what the Raptors are doing. The Raptors have this sort of mismatched collection of guys with a lot of overlapping skill sets. But ultimately, that means you have overlapping weaknesses as well. Like the fact that you've had two straight games where you have no threes off the bench, that's absurd to me. Right? Like, the Kings got six threes off the bench. They got five threes off the bench from Malik Monk alone tonight. When was the last time any Raptors bench player came off the bench for five threes? Right? It, it's, it's, you got probably got to go back. So, you know, this is a roster problem. It is uh, players being more cohesive problem. They got to play better defensively. And then ultimately, you know, if you want to look on the positives, I think, you know, there is an opportunity here tonight. Um, you know, if you want to look at the fact that the two guys who have been struggling the most for you this season, those being Scotty Barnes and Fred Van Bleet, relative, obviously, to their expectations, the two guys who have been struggling the most for you this season played well. Fred, you know, 38 minutes, 39 points, 13 to 25 shooting. Um, you know, still wasn't able to knock down the three, but we got to the free throw line 11 times, eight rebounds, five assists, four steals, a block. Like, he was hustling. He was playing hard, getting into the pain repeatedly. You know, it's great to see. I think the big adjustment here for Fred in the last couple of games that we can really see is just how much um, he's making it a, a point to go to the basket, right? And, you know, obviously the three-point shot is not is not dropping. He's got to go to the hoop. Now, of course, that's not his ultimate strength is getting to the cup, but he's making it a point to sort of get there, and he's creating advantages, whether that's him going to the free throw line more of late, whether that's him getting to the two-point range. You know, it's all excellent, really. Now, of course, you need the three-point shot to come back for him. There's just no... There's nothing around that. You just need it. Like, you, you really have such a dearth of three-point shooting that you just need it. Absolutely. There's no ways around that. But at the same time, like, you know, Fred's trying to make plays happen, and he's doing that successfully, so I got to give him some credit there. Um, I love seeing what Scotty Barnes did tonight. Um, you know, first off, he knocked down two of the Raptors' six threes. 
um, you know, and two or three shooting from three, which is pretty strong. Um, he got 10 assists. A lot of those were, you know, baskets right around the hoop, obviously because the Raptors weren't making threes. But Scott is also making some really, really nice passes um, cross court, uh, you know, really was aggressive in looking to get to the cup. A lot of those hook shots around the around the rim where he's able to flash and 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 and, and lock his defender um, on the outside of his body and just go straight out for the hook shots. Good balance and good touch on those. He was able to make those, knocking down some threes, getting to the free throw line, pushing the break. You know, an unfortunate error for Scotty at the end there, where um, you know Fred had actually gambled and uh, off a high pick and roll and poked the ball free from Fox from behind, and Fred was was leaking out. And Scotty collected a loose ball and was trying to throw it ahead. This was when the Raptors were, I think, were down three. And it would have been a huge play. But instead, Scotty ended up throwing it and Fox ended up jumping the pass. To be honest, it was a very avoidable play. If Scotty went for a bounce pass or anything like that, or just maybe held onto the ball for a, a half beat longer, um, that could have been a, an easy chance for the Raptors going the other way. However, instead of that, the, the Kings get the ball back and the Raptors have to foul them and they make some free throws. So. And that was an unfortunate play, but still, like, I, I think on the whole, Scotty played well. I think um, defensively, you know, he was giving effort. Um, he had a chase down block on Keegan Murray, which was really, really nice. Um, and yeah, I just, I don't know. There's nothing about this game for for Scotty that I don't feel like is like uh, recl- replicable in, in other games, right? Like, I think he has this ability to connect the play to sort of pick his spots. Now, of course, it, it helps in a game where the Kings just don't have a lot of rim protection, and Scotty's obviously very effective around the basket. But still, I like seeing him in positions where he's not necessarily at the top of the floor trying to initiate and trying to create because he doesn't always get to the rim from those positions. But I think when he is flashing in the low post, when he is sort of cutting in between uh, and catching the passes and, and finishing, uh, even when he is attacking off the drive, he's done a really good job of passing off out of those drives. So he's he, he's looking usually to the weak side. And if he dribbles and he shakes his defender one way or the other, um, he's able to sort of sling that pass across to whoever. Like he, have a, he had a pass late in the game where Gary was open coming off a curl. And it was a weird broken possession because the Raptors weren't really getting anybody spaced out. But Scotty was able to whip the pass across to Gary, who was able to come off that like pin down and knock down a little mid-range floater. Um, and this was like in the last two, three minutes there. So I like this passing. I like this playmaking. I, to be honest, I had no real critiques of anything that Scotty did tonight. I thought he did a really good job overall. And, and same thing for Fred. And, you know, the rest of the team, you know, playing Thad Young at center, I, I do think that you're giving up some stuff defensively just because, you know, there's just no rim protection at all. Maybe occasionally he takes a charge or something, but that's not really something that you consistently expect from Thad is to sort of provide rim deterrence. Um, you know, with that, too, I think uh, he was able to get in for some putbacks as well, but the Raptors probably could have used him a little bit more out of the post. Um, it's interesting watching the starters play with Thad, though, because unlike when Thad plays off the bench, when he's in that po- high post area and, and, and Wancho immediately cuts and Boucher immediately cuts, Raptors starters weren't cutting it with the same urgency as those other guys. They're sort of more used to sort of standing around, catching the ball, and then making a play from there rather than getting an easy chance. So I think that if they're going to start Thad, they got to make more of an emphasis for guys like Pascal and Scotty in particular to cut right away, right? Because that's what that does. Now, um, I thought Gary was okay. Um, played 25 minutes. I'm not totally sure why he didn't play a little bit more. I think if he did, the Raptors might have had, you know, more than six threes made. Um, seemed okay coming off of curls. I like those plays a lot where, you know, he gets an off-ball screen and Gary lifts up from the baseline to the, the top. 
and either has a read of catching and shooting for three if his defender gets hung up on the screen or he's able to you know drive it inside and he's got a pretty good you know, mid-range slash push floater game where he's able to get some momentum going downhill and his defenders trailing him. He's able to make those shots at a pretty decent efficiency. I thought Chris Boucher had a had a poor game. Um, defensively, he was getting pushed around. A lot of the, the second chance points there for Sacramento in both the second and the third quarter were, were a lot on Chris. Um, you know, to, to be fair, the Kings did go bigger and they, they played Holmes and, and and Metu and Lyles, along with Sabonis in some of those lineups in the second half, and that gave them a lot of size. Uh, but at the same time, you just expected Chris to come up with more of those rebounds. Because there was a stretch there where he was getting put on the floor, possession after possession, not being able to contain uh, the defensive glass. And then offensively, you know, forced a couple of threes. There's one three where he definitely should have swung it. One more pass into the corner for Wancho for three. But except Chris kept it, and he, and he, he was misfiring from threes, you know. It just wasn't that effective of a game from Chris. You really need to see him, you know, rebound the ball uh, on the offensive end. And, yeah, I just didn't think he did a good job on the on boards either. And I think that's where he misses Precious a lot because Precious usually is able to provide more physicality and tie up a bigger box out. And that leaves Chris with a smaller guy to crash against. It's just not the same when it's Christian Coloco or Ken Birch along him. Um, Wancho played well, made good cuts, but also at the same time, you know, missed some wide open threes. I guess it's not a surprise. Everyone on the Raptors missed some wide open threes, but still for him, he really needed it. And then Delano, I thought, actually came in for a pretty decent shift in the first half. Um, you know, wasn't really able to um, run point, which is not usually what you expect from him, even though he is a point guard. Uh, but he wasn't really able to run point all that effectively or or, or, or there was not that much desire to. But he was able to finish decently, um, you know, flash for layups, flash for, cut, you know, uh, you know, transition layups and some of that. And so I didn't mind Delano. I thought maybe they play him a little bit more in the second half, but they ultimately chose not to. And I guess that's partly just because of the fact that uh, Scotty was so effective at, at the point, at the backup point. Um, and also Fred was also pretty good tonight. So I guess this wasn't as much need for Delano. But yeah, I mean, you know, Nick tried some things and uh, it's just not coming off for the Raptors. Just nothing is really sticking for them, you know. When you when you watch this game, even in the first half when the Raptors were playing well and up double digits, it really felt like the Raptors needed to go into half with way more of an advantage. They had a really, really um I, I just didn't even think the Kings were playing well and they were still able to be in the game. And of course, eventually, just like any decent team, they're gonna make a push. There's a lot of parody in the league this year, man. Every every team, you gotta really put them away. You can't just expect them to to sort of lose. And when the Kings made their push and at start of the second uh, start of the second half. You know, Raptors just weren't able to match it. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's just really too bad. It really is too bad. You know, I think this is a very winnable game. Got to be very frustrating. I think even if you want to put aside the threes, just Pascal missing so many chances around the hoop. Like, this is a game where you give him those exact same looks. I think Pascal probably should have shot, like, 12 of 19, not 7 of 19. So you're, you're thinking about, like, 10 points that he's just kind of left on the board just through poor finishing. But still, like, I, I think the bigger issue is just, like, Man, the, the three-point shooting for this team, it's just as bad as I've ever seen it. It really is. The last time I remember it being this bad was back in 2017. Kyle Lowry went down with injury uh, right before the All-Star break. And so the Raptors were starting Corey Joseph and DeMar DeRozan uh, in the backcourt. And so their main three-point shooters were Damari Carroll, uh, Patrick Patterson, Serge Ibaka, who wasn't even shooting the three that much that season. Um, and P.J. Tucker, who's not a prolific three-point shooter regardless of where he is. So 
you know, that was the last time I remember the Raptors consistently in single digits and threes. But this version of the Raptors, both last season and this season, they just struggle so much from the line to the point where they're not even taking it. And look, listen, it's 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 easier to guard your team like that. Even Sacramento, who doesn't have that much great interior defenders, we're just like, okay, this team's not going to hit us from three at all tonight. We're just going to sag off and really protect the basket. And so, you know, when you look at Pascal's night, not to give him any excuses because he really needs to make those. I mean, he's way too good of a player not to make those. But, you know, even if he's not going to make those, like a lot of that is just like the Kings were able to bring crowds. He's able to see two guys, three guys all the time because of the fact that the Raptors just don't knock down threes. And so it's a, it's, it's a very, very frustrating point. And, you know, I, I think the Raptors played well enough. To be honest, I think the Kings played bad enough where the Raptors could have just won that game. But still, you don't, you don't win it. And then you have tougher opposition coming into your city. Like, you know, it's, uh, it's grim. And when you really think about the front office and the decisions that they need to make, this is the time of the year where they have to make some of those tough decisions. So which way are they going to go? To be honest, if the Raptors continue to be like this, they're going to go the other way. They're going to go the other way. The Raptors need to play for their own lives right now. If if, if this is a group and they co- they're cohesive and they believe in what they have here, they need to show up for each other. They need to play on, on, on the defensive end. They need to do whatever they can, not even just to get to, like, a competitive amount of threes, but can we just get to, like, t- a, a, a 10 threes a game, please? Like, this is, like, such a low ass for the modern NBA nowadays, but can we even get closer to 10, right? Um and, and and essentially hold each other accountable and play better because if they don't, front office will come in and make some moves. This is not a team that um, that looks cohesive, that looks like they're they're playing with a lot of joy, and to be honest, that looks like it should be given another chance to keep going. Right? They're 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 tanking their own performance right now. So we'll see where the front office goes with this. But but this is just a grisly loss, and uh, it comes on the heels, obviously, to really really poor results against Orlando who to their credit you know they were smacking the the Hawks tonight so maybe Orlando is just uh, not that bad anymore but in any case to wrap up the show your three stars from tonight's game Fred Van Vliet's going to get the first star 39 points 8 rebounds 5 assists 4 steals a block 13 of 25 shooting from the field so congratulations Fred shoots above 50% still wasn't able to knock down the threes but was obviously very good on twos and 11 of 11 from the free throw line you know that was uh, that was nice to see um, Scotty's your second star, 27 points, 7 rebounds, 10 assists, a block, 10 of 16 shooting, 2 of 3 from 3, 5 of 6 from the free throw line, was awesome, you know, uh, made a ton of plays throughout the course of the game, and uh, yeah, you, you'd love to see this level of aggressiveness and engagement, I, I think uh, he's he's capable of doing this on a much more regular basis. Um, you know, he has the size to really, really punish a lot of teams. And when he's in that mid post area, he's able to sort of make decisions and pick guys out. And uh, yeah, he's just, he's a very good player. Like I, I think, uh, you know, part of the reason why people were not necessarily thrilled with what they're seeing this year was like, we know how great he's capable of being. And we just wanted to see that on a more consistent basis. And, and today we're able to see it. So hopefully this continues. And then your third star, Genuinely don't know where to go with this one um, because it was very much a two-man effort. Uh, definitely nobody off the bench. Honestly, I don't think Gary really deserves it either. 11 points in 25 minutes. Shot the ball efficiently, I guess, but you know, just wasn't really contributing much and Nick didn't really want to play him. And it's definitely not going to Pascal. It's not going to Thad Young. I don't I don't know who this is supposed to go to. <laughs> I don't know who this is. You know what? I'm going to give the third start. To, I'm going to give the third start to Mike Brown. This guy got himself ejected. For no reason, he literally stormed the court and bumped the ref out of nothing uh, because Fred got a 
I mean, to be honest, it was a foul. Like, it was a light foul, but it was a foul. He got himself ejected. Darren Fox picked up a tech. So, Fred VanVleet went to the free throw line and shot five straight free throws. And he made all five. But uh, I think, you know, Mike Brown actually changed the officiating of this game. Because from that point on where the Raptors really did get the short end of the whistle. And, you know what? That's that's good for the third star in this game. So, Mike Brown, here you go. Second coach this year to get a third star. I know Doc Rivers also got it earlier this year. So, you know, enjoy that company. And then, yeah, your Gerald Henderson Award winner. Um, you know, go a couple places with this. But I think I'm going to go with Terrence Davis. 19 uh, points in 25 minutes. Yeah, we know he could score. We saw that hit with him as a rookie. The Raptors obviously tri- moved on from him because of, uh, well, you know, the very, very grim allegations surrounding him. Um, and so they were able to move him on for a draft pick that they ultimately used on Delano Banton. And yeah, Terrence, whether that was because he wanted to show the Raptors up or even just wanted to take the opportunity with Herder out, but shot the three very effectively, was looking for his threes. I mean, again, at one point he had more threes than the entire Raptors team. So he finished with 19 points. He's your Gerald Henderson Award winner. Yeah, it's a it's a tough time for the Raptors. Um, you know, we can try to talk about how to fix them, but to be honest, they just look kind of broken. Like they're they're clearly working as less than the sum of their parts, and uh, it's 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 painful to watch because we know they're better than this, but you know, at the same time, they're they're just not showing it to you. That that cohesiveness isn't there, um, and I think it's probably time for the front office to step in. Whether they're going to step in to make improvements or they're going to go the other way. To be honest, it's a little bit early to go the other way, but I do think that they have the opportunity to make some improvements here really helped this team. I mean, it's not, you know, it's the same positions they lose every night. They lose center and then they lose uh, the three-point shooting battle. So if you bring in some more shooters, if you bring in a center, it would really, really help. I mean, look at the center matchup tonight. Thad Young is out there competing against DeMontis Sabonis, a former all-star. Thad gives you six points through rebounds and Sabonis gives you 21 and 20. And you lose the backup center matchup, right? So, it's not a surprise, I guess, but still, it is uh, it is grim to look at. Anyway, that does it for the podcast. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Please continue to rate, review, subscribe. Even though the Raptors are not doing well, please uh, continue to try to support the show. It's very important to to myself and Alex uh, and the success uh, of the of the of the program overall. We got a banter podcast coming out as well. If you want to reset the vibes, so look out for that. I believe Jr. Producer is going to be uh, delivering that for you for Thursday. Um, so if you need something to you know wash out what you just saw here tonight uh maybe just listen to the banterpod for some better vibes but uh yeah right now there's just not that much to be happy about sorry